Welcome to the paradiddly, paradoxically, paradise paradox. My name, my name is Dice. Your name is Dox. Together we are the paradise paradox. My name's Kurt Robinson. Really, yeah. What's happening? We're here again. Here again. So today we're going to talk about uh, Glencore, this huge prototypical evil corporation uh, that has its fingers in a lot of pies. Oops, getting in the way of your camera there. So, uh, so uh, the the thing about Glencore is it's it seems to be massively over leveraged, and it could mean that the the world economy is um, hovering on the edge of a precipice or or at least um a few countries and and yeah things looking a, a little grim but you know we try to put to put together a few pieces of the puzzle and and uh, get some analysis and, and see what what uh what might this, what might the situation be does it make you feel nervous mm, no <laughs> um, me me Should neither it? no I, I don't think so it's just that <laughs> Actually, our first episode, we're talking about waiting for this economic collapse, which yep. has happened and it's well and truly well, so, gone. I mean, a, a little something has happened. There's been a little dent uh, in, in share markets all over the world and, and maybe we still get to feel the full brunt of, of uh, that collapse or that correction. Yeah, whatever that's going to be. Yep. But what it is doing is it's affecting... It's affecting real people that, mm-hmm. that work for these companies yep. that are investing in these companies. I mean, yep. company, yep. countries that are very heavily uh, mining, mine export countries like Australia, yep. uh, the Latin Americas. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's, all countries are going to be affected. Yeah. So, so who's to say exactly what the knock-on effects will be? But we, we can uh, speculate a little bit about that. So... Uh, yeah, jump on over to Twitter. My my handle is at Trouble Bubble. I am at Battle AZ. And uh, jump on over to Facebook and you press like, press subscribe, press or press <laughs> hover over the like button, press get notifications, press like on YouTube, press subscribe on YouTube, uh, jump on to iTunes, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, press subscribe on there, leave us a comment on iTunes and give us a review. Five stars, excellent service, top quality hand jobs directly over the internet. Uh, fresh and frothy Starbucks, uh, and uh, digitally, <laughs> yeah. And uh, where where else are you going to go? The ParadiseParadox.com probably. It's a good it's a good website. I like that one. Uh, and uh, you can have a look through our a lot of our old episodes on there, but still fresh, still still funky, fresh, and nice and crispy, straight out of the box, just like an in, internet unboxing watching a grandmother unbox a new pair of baby booties and uh yeah go to donate dot the people like it oh yeah i think so (laughs) (laughs) one million hits grandma opens her box uh and uh, head on over to the donate dot the paradise paradox.com you can give give us a little love on there Show us a little support, a little token of appreciation, a little Bitcoin of appreciation, and US dollar of appreciation or depreciation, you might say, maybe in the future. And on the paradiseparadox.com, you look at the top, there's a, there's a link 
the shop Amazon, you go onto Amazon and it just means we get a little commission. So buy a copy of, what did you call that movie? Margin Call. Margin call. <laughs> Jim Rickard's Currency Wars. Should uh, be a horror film. But <laughs> I think it's drama. In case you can't right. Maybe, maybe it will be a horror film. And let's get into it. I just wanted to start with a, a little quote, which seems increasingly relevant. <laughs> so it always seems relevant when someone brings it up, talking about the economy. It's a little quote from George Soros. Uh, this is from the 8th of October, 2011, going back a few years. He said, something similar is happen- happening in the West, Mr. Soros told Bloomberg Television. You had a financial crisis where the market did actually collapse but it was kept alive by the authorities. People don't realize that the system has actually collapsed. So he's describing this, the the world economic system is like the system of zombie banks and zombie, zombie manufacturers or whatever, a whole bunch of companies that are just running on this, this government debt, just keep getting money, just keep getting paid off and bailed out and, and all kinds of, uh, twisted government corporate uh, incestuous maneuvers that that go on yeah and yeah at the, at the end of the, you're ready to th- throw the quote now that, that was the quote yeah that was okay that was so it. so this is it it's it's over we're running on fumes <laughs> yeah running on e yeah yeah uh so that's a, that's a, like the important context to keep in mind whenever we're discussing the economy because it's always going to come into play in one way or another. Uh, and and this, this in the case of Glencore, um, it comes through in, uh, you know, a, a slightly interesting way. Uh, so this, the story of Glencore um, in, in recent months, it goes, it goes something like this. I mean, we've, we've been seeing the... Uh, the the price the share price of Glencore drop and drop uh, since the start of the year. So around the start of the year on the London Stock Exchange, it, it was around two hundred and ninety eight points. Now it's around ninety six points. Um, so it's it's making this kind of minor recovery. But you have to remember that when a when a, when the share price goes down and then takes a little step up, well, it's the same thing when it when the stock price is going up and then takes a little dip. Uh, that doesn't mean that it's going to going down for the count. Same thing when it's going going up uh, and takes a little uptick. That doesn't mean it's making a miraculous recovery. Uh, Although the news might lead you to believe that. Yeah. Like um, when you you sent me a tweet. Hey, what do you think about Glencore? Yeah. Who? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess, I guess we need to start at the start and say, why should anybody care about Glencore? Uh, and the reason is because uh, Glencore controls this huge um, portion of their, uh, the primary production sector all around the world. They have uh, mining operations in about 50 countries. 
and if if they go if they do go down for the count, then it could spell a lot of unemployment, uh, a lot of problems for a lot of people, mining closures, which leads on perhaps to to problems with uh, manufacturing because of course you need the you need you need copper and iron ore to make um, Chevrolets or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, they they do operate. They're, they're very heavily invested in pulling out these materials out of the ground. Mm. Um, I mean, that's, a, that's as simple as it gets. And all the news comes in to say, okay, well, you know, commodities prices are, are dropping, and there's many reasons for that. Um, yeah. You know, that, that don't have nothing to do with you know what Glencorp does. But I'm about I'm about to call in the Glencorp, that evil corporation <laughs> um, but that that's only because i I'm, I'm scratching a bit because i didn't i didn't know i didn't know what they did or who they were or how this is involved but you jump online and it doesn't take very long to realize that they're in a bit of trouble if commodities keep dropping yeah like if yeah copper he says that the biggest copper is the biggest uh biggest loser at the moment, <laughs> yeah, it's def- how do it's I, definitely how do I a, yeah, it's definitely a significant loser. Uh, but then there's you know it's not just copper; it's actually uh, zinc and and lead as well. The two two significant uh, iron ones. Iron ore, petroleum. So, the, yep, it's across the board. Yep, yep. A lot of a, a lot of commodities, a lot of products of primary production. So so like um, copper's down about thirty percent over two thousand fifteen. Um, so, let's see, zinc down about 26%, lead down about 19%, uh, and, yeah, there's a couple of figures about what's going on here. So, obviously, you know, if all of a sudden all, all of the stuff that you're producing uh, starts dropping, you know, 20 30%, it's not really looking so good for your revenue. Yeah, it's not, it's not a very comfortable place. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, because of the size of this company, it's it's starting to to shock the whole stock market. Yeah. Like it's it's affecting. It's not just affecting uh, you know, mamas and papas that are investing their their supers. Mm. Like it's it's affecting the whole stock exchange. And Glencore at the moment is the one getting the the blame. Yeah. Yeah. And so the 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 reason apparently behind the commodity prices going down. This is what. Uh, some some speculation has said, and uh, this uh, this one. Well, I'll put the the article in the comments. But the um, the the speculation is that the it's caused by this this strong dollar policy, or it's caused by I should say the perception of a of a strong dollar. Um, so apparently, what's what's going on? If we if we join a few dots together here, it looks like. Um, people in traders um, like this this big money that that moves around and moves in the entire world these these speculators and people people with the, a lot of money and hedge fund managers and and, uh, and people who have more money than they know what to do with they uh, they they move it around and when uh, when it looks like the the US dollar is going to stay strong they want to put their money in, into the US dollar so it looks like they're moving the money out of the out of copper futures and, and commodity futures in general, and they put it into the U.S. dollar. Uh, and the 
the, an, another reason for that is uh, not just the perception of the strong dollar right now, because obviously um, since de- December 2014, every currency has fallen against the, the US dollar. So it makes it look pretty good in comparison. It's like uh, like the, 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 the best looking hooker in a retard farm. Uh, and the... <laughs> You, you want to go for the safe. You want to go for the safe bet. That that's the issue. <laughs> so they they would rather. This is a thing. It's, it's a it's a problem of groupthink. Yeah, they've all been trained the same. They've been trained to look for the same technical issues, and they all want to save their own wallet. So why stay somewhere that looks like it's going to keep falling? Yeah, and yeah. if the guy next to you is going to move his money out of uh, out of futures of copper or zinc or whatever um, mm. to somewhere safer, mm-hmm. then you better move before him. Otherwise, you're going to sell at a lower price or you're not going right. to get out in time. So, you know, it's kind of this race against time, which just puts more momentum in this downward spiral for all commodities, mm-hmm. leaving companies like Glencore in a very uh, top of the roller coaster. Yeah. And yeah. there's only one way to go. Yeah. The, the, uh, yeah, the phrase that people use, there's this corporate mentality like, Nobody ever got fired for buying IBM. So if you want you want to play it safe, put your money into US dollars. Nobody ever got fired for for buying US dollars. The almighty dollar, the old you know, the old fail safe and hold a steady US dollar. Uh, uh, but it's based on this. Yeah, it's based on this uh, this perception that the the Fed is going to um, raise the rates. And so I have this article from the the world. Uh, the Wall Street Journal um, saying that 92% of economists expect the Fed to raise interest rates in in December 2015. Uh, I yeah. think 93 of us believe that's not the case. 93 <laughs> no, percent. The 93. The other the other seven the other eight percent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, they're, they're not even they're not even in the room. They're, they've already sold and gone to the beach <laughs> because there's. I think well. I believe there is very little chance that they, they, they just can't. And if they do, well, there's a big risk for pe- mm. people that are holding debt. And mm. I don't know who's holding, who's holding debt that wouldn't want the interest rate to go up. Yeah. And I, think, I think Americans or the US, uh, well, actually, you know, it's the whole world. It's the whole world. I can't, I can't put anyone on that. Why would they be comfortable putting the rates up? Yeah. It's like it just... Well, you know, look, last time I was I was in Los Angeles, I remember seeing this these posters and this was in let's see, this is in 2013. I saw these posters out, outside the banks and it's like one new car 2% or you know, 2.99%. I'm like, holy shit, they're heading for another credit crisis. It's like unavoidable. So, you know, if they if they if they raise the rates a little bit, all of a sudden people People are paying instead of three point three three percent. They're paying you know five ten percent, and then the, then everybody loses their house and loses their car all over again. You know, something like that could could happen. Um, yeah, a couple of years ago, before I left Australia, I saw companies like uh, like Nissan or whatever. You know, normal normal cars offering zero interest rates. It was like just just take it. <laughs> buy the car so if you have good credit he's he's a car and just as long as you keep making the repayments it'll stay in your driveway right until then we'll come and collect it and whatever like it's just it's just balance sheets and the automotive industry oh. that's what it seems like 
I mean, we were, we were checking out a, a, a news piece, so a one, one and a half minute video, where the, the Bloomberg business news mm. were talking about, uh, were comparing things like the, the power consumption of South Africa and in the links, <laughs> in, uh, you know, yeah, productivity. The, the and of, of uh, China. Manufacturing that, of Vietnam. Yeah, that was, a, that was such a bizarre article for so many reasons well, it's like he just uh, he, he's like everything's going down and then he just lists a, a bunch of random things about power of south africa and the, the, the manufacturing china and vietnam but everything is going down except u.s car manufacturing u.s car manufacturing going great and it's like i have to wonder what uh bloomberg's intentions were behind this article this yeah. like they're trying to project a happy image to the US market or something. I don't, I don't, don't really understand it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't either. And that's, that's why I looked at, okay, how many cars are the US actually producing? Which is something like... What, you four, said 4 million, yeah. So it's like half of four, it's half, half of Japan and like a, a, like a quarter of... Um, no, less than a quarter of China. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it's, it's next to nothing really in the world scale. And, yeah. and I, I mean, it's... You can assume that's because you think that the people that are, are watching this still have that that memory of the you know of the fifties mm. and the, the huge automotive industry that the U.S. had mm. had. It's, it's not relevant anymore. Yeah. But it was like uh, it was like the one line at the end, you know, that happy story to end the, at the end of the note, just to just to put a smile <laughs> on. It's a little picture of a happy kitten to make your day. Everything's great. That's that's what it's like. It's like watching the. The, the the five o'clock news in the nineties or something. And Fireman yeah. Sam's the hero. <laughs> Save the cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rescued the burning cat and an only charred a little of its whiskers and uh, everybody had biscuits. Uh, yeah. So so. Uh, Classic yeah. misdirection. I, I have to wonder what's what's going on with Bloomberg there. There's a whole yeah. We could get into that like whole question of what what the hell. Bloomberg is doing like I, I I think Bloomberg is a is a trusted source of information because um, they have like this Bloomberg trade book. So if you're a stock analyst, uh, then then you have this like direct connection with with Bloomberg, and you just get all these analytics and algorithms and it's complicated um, swamps and swamps of information <laughs> that you can use to to make some sort of projection. But um, I wonder. That's, that's kind of what the professionals use, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wonder how how it works. Like, do Bloomberg just like maybe they change their algorithms just a little bit to influence the market? Probably. I mean, why not? They get they're in the position to do that. Anyway, in ter- in terms of the in terms of the Fed raising the interest rates, um, the um, yeah, the, I think the the relevant phrase is past behavior is the best predictor of future behavior. So in seven years, they haven't raised the rates. What is going to happen in December? Well, they probably won't raise them again because uh, that's what they've been doing. And, you know, they talk a lot. But uh, it's like when you're at the poker table and and uh, a guy's moving his lips a lot, but you you have to what you actually have to do is analyze the hand and look at how he played it. And that's going to give you more information rather than the bullshit is talking. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're going to come very close to raising it, 
They could have raised it, but they didn't. <laughs> yeah, they could have. They could have, should have, would have. Um, but, yeah. But jumping back to to Glencore, this is this is like a big blame game, and okay. and Glencore is getting the blame for the for the whole stock, the whole commodities issue is getting put back on Glencore mm-hmm. because like nobody, nobody really, uh, nobody really knows how Glencore does what Glencore does. And it, it seems that way. I mean, I, I spent a fair bit of time on their website and, you know, nice stories. About what did they do with those pickaxes and excavators? <laughs> nobody knows. <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying? Well, it's you, like, you mean that their balance sheet isn't very transparent? Is well, it's, well, is any, is any? Well, it's a, it's a publicly listed company. So in, in theory, at least, they, they should be disclosing all this information in, in, uh, in like quarterly statements to their investors. Yeah. But, yeah. So but what, I'm jumping back to like the, the commodities issue. Nobody really knows why commodities are, are, dro- are dropping. Glencore can say, look, you know, we're, yeah. we're all on the, you know, we're all transparent. We're doing our job well. Our company's huge we can handle the the debt you know maybe our income's not good but the manufacturing's going to increase and we're going to we're going to pull back if things are going to be good and and the news helps do this the uh deutsche banks helping do this yeah um <laughs> but i mean with the with this blaming it's like the, the the issue is like glencore why is it why is it dropping well commodities okay it's out of my control the level of debt well that wasn't really was that their fault how much debt they're holding? Well, when they say they're holding debt, you had figures on, on how much. Yeah, yeah. So, so the the like original figure that came out was thirty billion, uh, thirty billion US dollars of debt. Uh, but then what came out later, and this is this is from from good old Bloomberg. Uh, Glencore has $35 billion in bonds, $9 billion in bank borrowings, $8 billion in available drawings, $1 billion in secured borrowings, in addition to $50 billion in committed credit lines. And so the, the, the debt-to-equity ratio, and they've got about $90 billion in property, plant, equipment, and inventories. The debt-to-equity ratio is, is like one point. One four. So basically, if they sold out everything, sold out every single mine they had, every, every piece of uh, mine equipment, yeah, every, every pickaxe, uh, every uh, lemonade stand to keep their workers refreshed, every every little um, uh, lo- lollipop that they have uh, that they're selling to the allegedly <laughs> selling to the Colombian child labor. Um, then they would still be in debt. So, yeah, but, um, but it's not a great position to what, be in. What I don't get is how can they, how can they say if they did say or 30, 30 million or thirty billion? What do you mean? Like when they said, I I thought of thirty million. No, it's billion, right? Billion. It's got a, it's billion. Yeah, thirty billion in debt. Yep. But then doing the figures and digging a little deeper, one hundred and three like, billion in debt. Um, and this is like transparent company, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's a publicly listed company, but the the information seems to change quite quite a bit. Uh, well, well, it depends if it's um, if it's an asset, but you're still paying it off, or if it's an asset but you don't exactly own it, but mm-hmm. it's but it's yours because technically your your name's on it. 
but they're the liabilities that constant cash flow to pay for the equipment that you just bought to open the new mine. It's like that. Accountants can, can change this to make it comfortable for the investor. Okay, okay. Like, that, that's how it works, isn't it? So, well, you were describing that, that uh, kitchen sink maneuver. Well, this, this was described as a, an activity that um, one, of the company, one of the companies that are the most leveraged uh, in this uh, bath time of fun. In this shell game. Yeah, with Glencore is Deutsche Bank that, that apparently... Um, yep. Well, oddly enough, oddly enough, uh, as MarketWatch reports, Deutsche Bank has raised the stock to a hold and has upped its target price for Glencore to, to two pounds. Uh, so they think it's going to uh, double in price over the next... I don't know, year or so. Uh, funny, funny how they think that. It's funny how they might think that when uh, they're actually. What was the, what was what you dug up there? Well, <laughs> okay, Deutsche Bank is heavily invested in in Glencore. Yeah, they're they're holding them above water at the moment. Glencore is a company that their their primary product is is losing value. Mm. So the the issue is here that. Deutsche Bank's been um, accused of doing, you know, kitchen sink maneuvering, which I've never heard of before until now. But that's where you get all the, the toxic assets and, and, I guess, company holdings that you don't really want mm-hmm. and you put them in the sink. And I'm assuming that's to, to flush them away <laughs> before the police run through the front door. <laughs> well, wouldn't that be called the, the commode maneuver, the, to- the bathroom quickie maneuver or something? Uh, I, I'm, I'm just copying what the last guy said, and he called it the kitchen sink maneuver. Okay. But yeah, it's essentially the same thing. Kitchen sink or bathroom or toilet. You're trying <laughs> to get rid of shit, yeah. like toxic yeah. assets. So this is like, I mean... Uh, I can't remember what that movie was called, but there's a, there's a movie about the, the 2008 financial crisis and they, uh, they kind of discover um, overnight that suddenly they realize that they're significantly over-leveraged, like they're holding all these all this, uh, toxic derivatives and, and the, chance that, um, the, the, the chance that they're all just going to crash is like quickly approaching 100%. And then so they spent all that day just trying to call whoever they can and sell millions and millions of dollars of, of, of assets that are just yeah. going to um, deteriorate and vanish into thin air and within moments. Margin call. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that really <laughs> happened. Yeah. The thing is, that couldn't possibly happen again. There's too much regulation and there's too many companies that are dedicated to auditing these companies to make sure that doesn't happen. Mm. But in this case, <laughs> it, it, it appears like the, uh, the use-by date's already well and gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let, let's see. So, <laughs> where, do, where does that leave us? Because obviously Deutsche Bank's in an uncomfortable situation here. Um, if something was to happen... Mm-hmm. to Glencore, like if manufacturing figures do not improve and Glencore doesn't keep producing as much because it's not, it's not as economically friendly for the company to keep participating in its activities and has to pull back. You already said they're selling a lot of assets at the moment to try and to level up their, um, their debt 
to yep. income ratios here. But it's, this is the weird thing because, the, I mean, the more assets they sell, actually the worse their ratio gets. So what, they're buying time, hoping that commodities go up in the meantime? Yeah, I, I, I suppose that's a reasonable hypothesis. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. But uh, commodities don't look like they're going to bounce back. No, um, especially not if, if, this, if this link between the, the, the dollar and, and commodities is correct. Well, I, I, okay, well, it could. Well, let's say in December, Janet Yellen comes out, everybody analyzes her body language, and she says, uh, and she says, okay, we're not raising anything. Uh, <laughs> then what happens? Well, maybe the, the commodity prices might rise again, uh, I suppose. Um, but it's hard to say. Yeah, but that's, that's like their only chance. I, I, I guess so. Yeah. Because if, if commodity right, prices... Unless, uh, I mean, there's probably some other factors which we haven't considered that are, that are influencing the commodity prices. Well, you know who's going to blame for that? Um, Willy Wonka. Okay. Okay, China, why? Because they're, they're, not, they're not producing as much. Manufacturing figures are down. Uh-huh. So, obviously, they're not consuming as much raw materials to produce the same things that they need to produce uh-huh. for the international consumers to consume. Yeah. So okay. So lower demand on commodities because of low, lower manufacturing. Um, yeah. I mean, so yeah, lower prices. That that's that's what we're in. I mean, the question I'm wondering now is how long is it going to take for that to turn around? Yeah. And it doesn't look good mm. for Glencore or for Deutsche Bank. But you know they're doing everything they can. They they're sending out memos to their investors and they're their affiliates to uh, to hold on the Glencore because now the price has dropped. It's the perfect time to buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people see it that way as a bargain. But it, um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's some some reports coming up saying, well, then you know, addressing their problems, selling off this and that asset, uh, and and that means the outlook is good for the long term. But again, I I do, I do have to wonder, just like with Deutsche Bank. Um, how many of how much of this information is is influenced by the holding of the of some kind of derivative that's related to Glencore? So yeah, I mean people have described Glencore as as like the the Lehman Brothers of the of the um, of the mining sector. Uh, so Lehman Brothers being the 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 bank in two thousand eight that went bust because it was selling all of these. Uh, all of these derivatives um, and basically screwing up the entire economy. So, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> what do you think? What's what's your outlook? Is is Glencore going to ruin the, the world economy or just take a dent or maybe it'll survive and chug along? I, I think Glencore will keep chugging along. I don't think they're going to increase interest rates. I feel sorry for the people that have their money in the hands of in, of professional investors that are reading these reports yeah. by Deutsche Bank. Okay, superannuation. Yeah. Because uh, you know it, it might it might hold ground for the for the meantime, mm. but I think if it doesn't, it has to. This is the thing: it has to sustain its holding of the ground. Like maybe maybe they can sell enough assets to buy themselves a year or two mm-hmm. and they can diversify into other things 
But if they don't, then uh, then it's what we've always been waiting for, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 2008. Or, or, or a Saints <laughs> for each show. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So my name's Kurt Robinson. My name's Aaron Battle. So hit, hit me up on Twitter uh, at Trouble Bubble. At Battle AZ. And uh, head on over to Facebook. Press like on Facebook. Hover over the like button. Press go notifications. Head over to YouTube. Press like. Press subscribe. Uh, jump on iTunes and uh, Pocket Casts and Podcast Addict, and you can subscribe on there too, and and the leave a leave a review on iTunes, and uh, head on over to the ParadiseParadox.com. You can leave a comment on there. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you know. Tell us if we're completely wrong because we we're just uh, trying to feel this feel this whole thing out and do our our own research here and put the puzzle pieces together. So there might be something we've missed. Let us know. And uh, jump on over, well, yeah, theparadiseparadox.com. Have a look at the, the donations page. Yeah, no, 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 nothing okay. at all. It's just donations <laughs> and, yeah, please donate. Yeah, we, we enjoy doing this. Right. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, we, we suggest a dollar per episode, but, uh, you know, feel free. If you really enjoyed it, it's a little more. per episode. That'd be, Why not? That'd be magic. Well, currency the new world order currency and uh yeah jump on uh, the paradiseparadox.com up the top there's a shop amazon link buy a copy of margin call or watch it on amazon instant video and and uh jim rickard's currency wars interesting book and uh have a good one